Oh my gosh, the story is, it's epic. I just kept moving forward. Honestly, I never had a plan. I just kept moving forward and every time a door opened, I went through it. That's pretty much how I've gone through life. Some people call me a spitfire. Some people call me a bulldozer, like all of these types of things because because other people will see uh, strong Aries energy and sometimes life path fives as folks who are totally selfish and have complete disregard for everybody else. I, I see that. I, I feel you when you say that, but it's so untrue. We are just so wrapped up in our own personal experience that we just have this gusto behind it that we just, it, we just can't contain it and it just kind of vibrates out of us. Hello and welcome to the Inspired Astrology Podcast. This is Lauren K. Hickman. Honoring and doing a land acknowledgement that I am on the land of the Menominee, Kickapoo, and Potawatomi Nations, also known as Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on the beautiful Lake Michigan, the Fresh Coast. Glad that you're here. How are you? Checking in. Doing okay? It's been a lot. A lot of Aries energy this past week. So I just wanted to start, um, I read the book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho when I was a young human, <laughs> maybe 19 years old. Um, and often when I find books like this, I'll read them in one day and they sort of make one of those imprints that impact on your life that never goes away. And I think that I've bought and given away maybe a dozen copies of this, mostly to young people. Um, that I feel like are searching for their quest. But this is a parable for all different times in our lives. And I wanted to do a little bit of reading from it today just because it, it, it hit me, the spirit of change, right? So uh, the young boy who is a shepherd and leaves his herd, his flock to chase after his, his personal journey, his personal legend, which all of us have, right? And that, that's just the terminology that Paulo Coelho um, uses to express this beautiful story. So the, the young shepherd is working in a crystal shop in Africa, and he's been there for a couple of months just trying to save money, and he's, he's being very innovative. He's bringing a lot of freshness and new energy to the shop. Um, and it's challenging the old crystal merchant that he works for. So the crystal merchant says, um, if we serve tea and crystal, the shop is going to expand. This idea of innovation, right? And then I'll have to change my way of life. Well, isn't that good? The boy says. I'm already used to the way things are. Before you came, I was thinking about how much time I had wasted in the same place while my friends had moved on and either went bankrupt or did better than they ever had before. It made me very depressed. And now I can see that it hasn't been too bad. The shop is exactly the size I always wanted it to be. I don't want to change anything because I don't know how to deal with change. I'm used to the way I am. The boy didn't know what to say and the old man continued. You've been a real blessing to me. Today I understand something I didn't see before. Every blessing ignored becomes a curse. I don't want anything else in life, but you are forcing me to look at wealth 
and at horizons I have never known. Now that I have seen them, and now that I see how immense my possibilities are, I'm going to feel worse than I did before you arrived, because I know the things I should be able to accomplish, and I don't want to do so. Man, that hit home. <laughs> I don't know about you with um, creative impulse. I think as a, you know, being airy season, we talk about impulse and creativity and ideas and initiation and these like wild sparks that flow through our consciousness, especially with Mercury moving into Aries over the weekend. And I think the, the parable of the shopkeeper and the boy uh, the boy may be representing soul or the creative instinct in this um, this analogy. And the crystal merchant being sort of the miser or the ego who gets very set in its ways. That it doesn't want change even though it can see that there's a potential and a possibility. And I know that this this impact has really been affecting my life as I've been going through these waves and currents of health crisis over the last month after a very splendid early Pisces season, sort of downloading new ideas and new information that I want to bring to my offerings. And, you know, everything's kind of living in the mental atmosphere for me. I haven't had a chance to apply it because so much of my energy is placed on just survival mode which is another theme for Aries season that we'll talk about today. Um, I'm doing well. I mean, I, I think the antibiotics kicked my ass this week more than the stitches did, but um, I'm going to have a really cool battle scar, guys. So just you wait. Um, <laughs> another breast biopsy this week. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting stabbed and poked and prodded and it's a lot, but I, I feel like my resilience is really there for me. Um, and I have a lot of ambition, a lot of hopes to be offering online classes and to evolve my offerings to be more consistent with what um, my audience is looking for. But I want to thank you for being part of the Inspired Astrology podcast audience. Um, this, is, this has given me more hope and more inspiration and more... I don't know, it's like holding a, a light in the darkness for me during some very hard times in my life. And I know that I always sound like super optimistic and positive because that's sort of my wiring. But, you know, there's there's been a couple times this week where I've just broken down in tears and I feel like I don't know what the next step is to take. But then I come back to my notebooks and I see all of these ideas written down. I see all of this inspiration that I feel, all the fire that exists within me. And I can take a break and I can snuggle my dog and get immediate gratification. But uh, it's it's that, that impulse for immediate gratification that's so, uh, I, I guess that it's part of my wiring, right? Why I'm always starting new tasks or looking for the new shiny, you know, shiny, it's a new thing. It makes me happy. Instant gratification. Whereas some of my you know, the, the, the humans in my life, like, uh, my Capricorn mother that, you know, I've, I've interviewed on the podcast a couple of times. She knows the long haul. She knows how to commit and be consistent and go for things in the long view. And there's a, an ability with Capricorn and a lot of the earth signs to sort of stave off instant gratification and really search and seek the goal. 
And I have Jupiter and Capricorn in my chart and a Capricorn I see. And I know that I have that ability to kind of stick to the long haul to be consistent. But often I'm like that shopkeeper where I don't want to change. I'm comfortable with the way things are. I've had lots of blessings come to me on this path of stepping into my full self, uh, stepping into this very uncomfortable position of, of becoming a teacher in this in this right. Um, there's a lot that I've been learning about, about letting me push your buttons and not taking it personally when there's a lashback, uh, trying to develop a thicker skin, which I... I do not have. Um, I'm, I'm very impulsive and fiery and sometimes I put stuff out there and I get a kickback from from people out there listening or paying attention to the Instagram accounts and often it's got nothing to do with me. I can't take it personally because the buttons that I'm pushing have nothing to do with me as an ego, me as an individual, me, me, me. It's about the, the bigger picture, the we that I'm trying to touch into as we all need to do our work so that we can benefit the greater good. And that's that's what I'm trying to do and doing it imperfectly. <laughs> but there's some beauty in that, right? I think The Alchemist, uh, I mean, I read it in a couple hours. I, I think it's a, it's a beautiful book. Um, some of it is a bit outdated. Um, but I mean, for the most part, the, the simplest message takeaway from the alchemist is that when you want something the whole universe conspires to help you when you want something the whole universe conspires to help you there's a lot of beauty and truth in that so i want to talk about the uh the new moon coming up this weekend i was going to wait for next week i'm going to pull up the chart right now that's why you're hearing the clicking noises but so we have new moon in Aries. Um, the new moon is the darkest spot in the sky. It's when the, the sun and the moon eclipse. So our emotions and our energy body sort of connect for a moment. And we get an opportunity to disengage with self-absorption at this time of year. The new moon in Aries, this is a time to focus on new beginnings. Um... And just as soon as I say disengaging with self-absorption, there's this, there's also this self-focus that needs to come into, into view. Um, the only way to become centered in self is by paying attention to the self, right? Because you're responsible for your actions, your words, your speech, especially with uh, Mercury moving into Aries over the weekend. And it's going to zoom out on the 20th and move into Taurus. So we have a pretty short window here to pay attention, uh, to start thinking about the way that we relate, um, to, to work with honesty, um, risk-taking, leadership, becoming a trailblazer, maybe focusing on the physical body, right? I've been, I've been sharing my journey during Pisces to Aries season about how much, how much I've been going through. But, you know, Aries is, is associated with vitality and that Mars rulership uh, means that there's pushes, right? You can't fight day in, day out. You have to pick your battles. Are you creating that battle in your head? Are you looking for a fight? That's always a good question to ask the Aries part of your chart. Um, 
but you need to refuel to slow down to find that nice steady rhythm that allows for you to get in balance right um, I, I had an Instagram post the other day that really received a lot of um, feedback, which was great because I love hearing from everybody, right? I, I have a, a spreading audience and I want to connect with everyone the way I can, um, but it's, it's pretty one-sided. I'm sure that you, you know, your work with social media, how you interact with social media, uh, it helps you to kind of get, get a gauge on that. Uh, that feeling of um, one-sidedness. So it's always nice to hear from you. Um, This idea that Aries kind of box at commitment, right? And that that comes back to the the shopkeeper, the crystal merchant. And the idea that the, actually the best medicine for Aries or fiery individuals is to step into consistency. Uh, consistent physical practices, boundary work, um, doing the boring stuff, right? Brushing the teeth, you know, flossing the mind, doing the meditation, doing the nourishment, doing the self-care. And I think Aries, because of its impulsive nature, the fiery nature of the mind, here we are in the season where, you know, Mercury, Sun, moon, Venus, Chiron, all in Aries, it gives a a very radical, impulsive way of moving either with the the explosive kind of thinking, big, big inspiration, big impulse to initiate and to move forward. So get in touch, you know, this this new moon's gonna uh, happen Sunday night, the 11th of April at 9.31pm. Um, you know, this is, this is a week, this is a day actually of, of taking action, clarifying your motivations and tuning in. Um, so that's, you know, starting today, the 6th of April through the 10th, you know, there's this sort of motion and energy that's really firing us up for that. And then this Friday, the 9th, Mars and Gemini will be square to Neptune in Pisces. Venus and Aries will be sextile to Jupiter and Aquarius. Uh, this is lots of activity about how we're going to be moving forward, how we're going to use our energy, our arms, our mind, our inspiration, our ability to attract what we need to mentor and support others, to mentor and support ourselves. So looking at the, the chart for this weekend, you know, we have the Sun and moon conjunct, of course, because it's a new moon in Aries. And for Milwaukee, it's in the fifth house of creativity, another fire house, another risk-taking house, another kind of artistic impulse, you know, who we connect with, how we connect with them. I often think of this house as kind of the house of like quick karmic interactions. Um... The, the instinct that I'm getting here is like, you know, maybe it's time to like speak your truth or cut off relationships that are not working for you or to finally speak your truth to somebody that that you are attracted to or that you have have something, some bubbling connection with, right? We talked a lot about woundedness last week and, you know, Mercury is passing over Chiron uh, as we speak. And we'll be moving away from it over the weekend. Um, so it won't be exactly conjunct over the new moon, but 
you know, the, the more that I, you know, work with Chiron, the more fascinate, fascinated I am with um, its different revelations, because it's often, it's often the opposite energy of what the sign that it's in, you know, so, so Chiron and Aries is often about fawning, about putting others first, kind of forgetting what our own needs are. Or it can be the opposite where you're hypervigilant and very self-protective. So it kind of vacillates both directions. So I think with this new moon in Aries, the, the thought processes are to really connect in with your self-worth, reconnecting with your physical body in some way, um, whatever, whatever body that you're in. How can you treasure that for the vehicle that it provides you for self-development? You know, right now I'm not supposed to pick up anything heavier than five pounds. So there's been a lot of walks, but the walks have given me a balance and an insight and a wonder. It's, it's just been a, a real treasure kind of slowing down for a minute, giving myself a chance to just read and not push myself further than I need to. Because often pushing... Uh, ends up into placation, you know, and, and sort of sitting and scrolling through my phone. Did I mention that the internet is having its first Saturn return? That's been something interesting online. I think there's a lot of neat articles out there. Um, Emily Russo, who works with Holisticism, wrote an article about that if you want to go check it out. Um, What's our relationship with the internet? Is it serving us? Is it working out for us? Is it bringing up fears and anxieties that are no longer necessary? I almost deleted my Facebook account again last night after I found out about the, the leaks of information. And I realized that I get, I get insights, astrological insights through a community page, uh, Ryan Evans' work on Facebook, um, I, I don't know. It's such a complicated relationship, isn't it? Gross, gross, gross. Um, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say about the new moon because I have an incredible guest today, Andrea Gorsh, owner, head witch in charge of K Apothecary in Mount Vernon, Iowa, joined me last week. She is fire and energy and love and enthusiasm and cheerleading, everything embodied. And it was just the conversation that I needed to have on a day when I felt really battered and bruised, little war-torn warrior over here with all my new scars. And she really lifted me up, man. And I, I can't say enough about the connection that the internet has brought us together, yet another amazing human being that the algorithm of the internet, the silicon consciousness of these threads have brought us together and are weaving a new connection, a new friendship, uh, a new solidarity that I get to have with another amazing human. So I've stopped through uh, Mount Vernon to K Apothecary uh, before Pan, panini pandemic, pet, you know, the papa times. <laughs> and uh, I spent too much money in there, but it was totally worth it because I love my linens. I love my citrine double terminated point that I grabbed from there that lives in my wallet. Um, I just wanted to go in and support that business after I'd heard about it. And it's kind of on my way from Milwaukee to Des Moines. So uh, Andrea is opening up the shop um, five days a week again. Um, she talks about her story of where it stemmed from following that innovative, inventive, 
nature, that inspiration and that trust and that faith in the universe that this was going to work out. She's built an incredible community in a small town and has such a, a glorious energy to share. I can't wait till you hear this conversation, but she provides numeral, uh, numerology readings and all kinds of insight and information. Um, her shop is a real resource. I can't say enough about her. So um, without further ado, I'm going to welcome Andrea Gorsh to the show today. Okay, did I do it right? Yep, you're here. <laughs> Yay! That's so awesome. Pretty great. And I love technology. It's a real gift, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of technology, I mean, you've had to do a lot of adaptation with K Apothecary and presenting more to your community online. And last night you held uh, your, your monthly tarot time. I would love to hear more about these offerings that you're doing online. Oh yeah. Thank you. We, so before COVID happened, we used to have four to five workshops a week in person and in real life um, at the shop. And when everything kind of shut down, it was really, incredibly important to me to maintain that sense of community and give folks something that they could look forward to and connect with um, and spend time together in that kind of like sacred space that the that the shop always had from a physical sense and, and bring that to the virtual world. And throughout 2020, we did a lot of things. I learned a lot of lessons and moving into this year, I kind of settled on a theme. And so we have four different virtual events that happen now and they're all free for folks to join us. So the one that you just mentioned, the Tarot Talk, um, is a really fun experience. And I have guest speakers that come and join us. So last evening, um, my friend Kate, uh, who has done readings at the shop multiple times um, in the past, um, came as our our guest presenter and she talked to us about Lenormand style reading. And so when we're, when we're going into these virtual events um, for the apothecary, there's only four of them that are offered a month and they're less class type or workshop based and more just a platform for the community to come together and have a conversation. So Kate presented a, a quick thing for us, which lasted about a half an hour. And then we just kind of opened it up and let um, folks chat and ask questions and practice some Lenormand readings and, and talk about what that might have looked like for them um, with about 20 people in the Zoom room. And it was amazing. So next month, um, another community member, um, Chadwick Crawford, is going to be offering um, his uh, Tarot de Marseille uh, expertise for us, which is really exciting because we don't have anybody here locally that that really focuses on that type of reading. So that's kind of an example of the Tarot Talk option and kind of... um, what those conversations look like virtually. And again, they're every month. So aside from Tarot Talk, we also have Magical Writers Night, which is, I mean, they're all my favorite. It's hard to say which my favorite, but that's, you know, (laughs) also my Aries heart, which everything is my favorite and I love it to the extreme. Um, So Magical Writers Night is hosted by my friend, Laura Johnson, and she's a local writer in the area. And this is an evening where we all just get together and spend two hours 
Laura gives us incredible prompts that we can write about or we can choose to write about something else. She opens the stage for me about midway through to talk about where we're at in this moment in time. So sometimes I talk about the numerology um, that we're in at that moment, sometimes moon, favorite, moon phases, um, where we're at in the wheel of the year. And I just kind of offer about 10 minute conversation. And then the rest of the evening, Laura puts prompts together um, in in regards to whatever I say in those 10 minutes and we don't plan it ahead of time. So it's really fun and so impromptu and delightful. And I think one of my favorite things about Magical Writers Night is that you don't have to identify as a writer. You don't have to be a poet or write stories for fiction or nonfiction or any of that. Um, you can just have a love of writing. You might be an avid journaler or anything like that. Um, and, and also, it's not a space where, where we're trying to critique each other's writings. It's just a space where we can come and enjoy the magic of writing and kind of opening ourselves up to this moment and these prompts that Laura presents to us. And so it's really, um, it's really low-key, but it's always magical. And the things that folks do decide to share with us just blow your freaking mind. It's really great. So... Tarot Talk, Magical Writers Night, um, and then we also have one called The Witching Hour. And every month we talk about something different. So we have done um, events where we talk about bibliomancy, and I did a short um, presentation to talk about what that means and how to do that. Last month we did um, spellbag creation, uh, which was really fun. So I had this, this short little presentation, shared my screen, talked through a few things with folks, and then I gave everybody about 15 minutes to go about their house and put together spellbags and then come back and share with us and talk about what they put together and what their intention was behind it. And it was really, it was so wonderful and folks had so much fun with it. So it was a way to be together in this virtual space, but still kind of have this interactivity, um, which was really, um, that's kind of what the, the heart and soul of apothecary in-person gatherings were um, before we were gathering in this way. And so that was really fun. And I wanted to do that also during the spellbag creation gathering to show folks that they can go into their house and put together magic with whatever the hell they have on their shelves it doesn't when we're talking about magic and spells and things like that all of the fancy schmancy stuff is amazing and wonderful uh, but those are just tools that we use for our energetic purposes and our spell casting and our magical work and we can just as easily walk into the kitchen cupboards open them up and put together something that's meaningful heartfelt and has a lot of power behind it and so that was really that was a really fun event. And then the final virtual gathering that we have at the shop is Number Nerds. And uh, this one is, is very near and dear to my heart. So I've been studying numerology, oh my gosh, almost six years now, five years for sure. And I've been offering professional numerology readings for about two years. And so Number Nerds was this creation that my teacher, Valerie Stillwell, and my fellow student, Kate, also the same Kate from Tarot Talk, uh, we got together and we were like, let's just let's just start this virtual thing and, and tell people we're going to talk about numerology and see who shows up. And we had no idea what to expect. And we thought, well, if nobody shows up, we'll just talk about numerology ourselves. And we know that once a month, we have a standing date of two hours to sit and talk about numerology and it has grown so incredible compared to the other ones the other events that we have tend to be a lot of local folks but for some reason the numerology one has taken off and it's nationwide and so we have a group of people who are regulars for the number nerds from 
California, Oregon, New Jersey, Florida, Illinois, and Iowa. And like, it is so exciting to have so many people want to talk about numerology. It's kind of this divination that's like, lost in the dust of all of the excitement that currently is around astrology and tarot kind of um, on social media and those types of things. And numerology is so, it's so practical and down to earth and um, functional. You can use this in your everyday life that it's really exciting to me to have people that want to sit and talk about it. And so every month we pick a different topic and I try to make it uh, something that's useful for people in their everyday life, like I just mentioned. So so next month um, when we gather together here in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about your contact number. Your contact number is your birthday number. And we're going to go over kind of what that means and how you can know a little bit about somebody just by knowing their birth date. And so Oh, Lauren, I could talk about numerology the entire time we're on this call. So I might just pause here and see (laughs) if there's anything else you want me to say about the virtual events. (laughs) That's a good transition time. But I mean, you you limit these to 20 participants. So it's important to sign up beforehand and to commit so that you're not taking up somebody Mm -hmm. else's potential spot there. Um, I want to talk about numerology. I do want to back up and talk about K-apothecary and where it came out of. And, and you're in Mount Vernon, Iowa. I'm, I'm so glad that the algorithm, the magic of the internet connected us. So you, you started the call saying like technology is amazing and we wouldn't be connected to each other if it weren't for uh, that that magic, right? The, the silicon connecting us in consciousness. So <laughs> Um, I, I got to stop through your store one time on my drive up to Wisconsin and meet you in human and visit the store. And this was pre COVID and, um, I'm currently using my magical linen towel that <laughs> I got from you and I carry my little citrine double terminated, uh, in my wallet everywhere. So I, I think of you every time I pay someone, how does that feel? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's amazing. But I mean, I think that my connection with Kin as a, you know, as a mystical apothecary in Des Moines and yours being this magical mystical apothecary in Mount Vernon, Iowa. um, I, I I just, I want to hear your story. I want to know what makes you an Aries and what, what soil you came out of and how you arrived at this point in your life as a small business owner you know, working out of this, this old uh, co-op building in the middle of small town, Iowa. Oh my gosh. The story is, it's epic. Um, so I was born and raised in Iowa and um, my father is an Aries son and my mother is a Leo son. And so those are the people who raised me as um, who I am today. And I am Aries sun, Gemini rising and Libra moon. And when I um, look at that, that's amazing to me. But astrology isn't my jam like we were just talking about. Numerology is. And so both my dad and my mom are life path five. I'm sorry, life path threes. And life path threes are all about creativity, communication, like the joy of life. And 
So those are the people who raised me. And my dad has an expression of nine, which is the ultimate humanitarian. My mom has an expression of five, which is, you know, boiled down into a few words is making the most of every single situation and, and whatever you can be. And so what's interesting when you start to look at numerology in regards to your family is that um, I'm a life path five, which mimics my mother's expression five. I'm an expression of 66, which boils down to a three. Both of my parents um, have life path threes and my personality is a nine. And so it's really wonderful to look at how all of that is combined. And so I start by telling you who I am with that core because that's really so important to who I became as an adult. So on top of all of that mystical energy of, of who my parents are and who I am um, from the astrology and the numerology perspective, both of them were small business owners throughout my entire life. I never knew anything other than my parents creating businesses, working for themselves, growing them, morphing them, changing them, watching them turn with the tides, watching my mom go back to school to learn something else, watching my dad's business grow and change over the years, um, and then later being able to be involved in his business and helping him run that um, as well. And so when I became an adult and went out into the real world, I climbed the corporate ladder pretty quickly um, throughout all of the jobs that I had. Um, as a person who has a life path five, this is something that um, means you're kind of like a jack of all trades. I can do a little bit of everything really well and I learn really quickly. And so that really helps me kind of climb that ladder. And because my I watched my parents with their small businesses and all of the different hats that they wore, it was just natural for me to do that as I entered into the workforce. And so basically at the beginning of my adult career, I was um, learning all of the lessons that I needed to be able to do what I'm doing now, learning how to do branding, marketing, build websites from scratch, not myself actually, but working with other folks on how to build a website and being able to be fluent in that, in that um, language to be able to communicate what I wanted to have presented. And so uh, when I finally moved to Mount Vernon, I lived above one of the shops my daughter and I moved here. She was about 12-ish, middle school age. And we were walking up and down the streets. And I just said to myself, wouldn't it be so awesome to own a little shop here and to just know all of the other shop owners and be a part of the magic that is Mount Vernon? Because let me tell you, it is an incredible magical place without even the apothecary magic that is now existing on the corner. There are so many people who are musical, artistic. There are festivals that happen all of the time. The town just like comes to life with this vibrant heartbeat, which is the center, which is the, sh the street right outside of my shop. And it's just absolutely incredible. So I said to myself, wouldn't that be awesome? Not really with the mindset of, oh, I want to do this someday, because that definitely wasn't my thought process. Just wouldn't it be incredible? And to, to bring that back to a numerology perspective, my um, subconscious number is eight. And eight is the master manifester. So having an eight in your subconscious position means that anything that you kind of like hold in your mind, you will be able to obtain some way, shape or form. And so I moved to Mount Vernon about 11 years ago ish. And 
I was working for my dad's business at this time. So I was working for him full time, going to school part time. My daughter's in middle school. And I had just found out that I had celiac disease right when I moved to Mount Vernon. And, you know, 10-ish, 11 years ago, people didn't have the conversations that they do today about gluten and celiac disease and all of those things. So it actually took my doctors a long time to find out that I was even sick or what I was sick with. And then once they did, I changed my lifestyle uh, begrudgingly because Guinness beer and pizza are my two favorite things in the world, both of which I can no longer have. So that was a real challenge for me. Um, it's gotten easier to feed myself over the years as the gluten-free things have grown, but but then it wasn't very, it was very hard to feed myself. But the problem was, is that I changed my lifestyle and I still kept getting sick and I couldn't understand why. So I started to do some research and I found out that the lotions I was using had gluten byproducts. The shampoos I was using had gluten byproducts. And I was like, okay, well, then I'll just make my own because I can't trust all of these other products out there because the label doesn't specifically say that it contains gluten. It has this, this long drawn out word that nobody can pronounce or know what really is um, that's making me sick. So that's how the apothecary started. I started making my own products and then I really got into essential oils. And so uh, one Christmas, this is probably seven-ish years ago, eight years ago, I made uh, a linen spray. And that's what I gave to my family members for Christmas, and they all fell in love with it. And so this is what's now known as the original linen spray at the apothecary. It's my very first product, uh, one of our best sellers um, that, that we have in the shop. And that's kind of how it began. So I made that. And then I had family members that were like, oh, my this hurts. What can you make me for that? Oh, my that hurts. Do you have anything for that? And so we started to all kind of have this conversation about natural self-care, and my product line just kept growing. And so my Aries heart is looking at all of these bottles and I'm like, oh, I could make some fancy labels for these. Let's do that. So I get them all labeled and they look really pretty on the table. And I was like, oh, I could just, you know, sign up for one of those vendor shows and get a pop-up table and, you know, share what I've created with others. Let's just see how that goes. And I did a few of those and I sold out every time and I was blown away. Um, and I just... I just kept moving forward. Honestly, I never had a plan. I just kept moving forward. And every time a door opened, I went through it and just decided to take that step, take that leap. And so um, let's see, five years ago-ish, a friend of mine who owned a store uptown Mount Vernon had a, an open basement in her shop. And she was like, dude, why don't you come up and set up a store here and see what happens? And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Literally, I have like seven things that I make and sell. How does that fill a store? And so I left her shop, drove home seven minutes to get to my house. And by the time I got to my house, I called her back on the phone and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do this. I have no idea. I have no plan. I have nothing, but let's just do it. Let's jump off the cliff and see what happens. Um, and so I did. And about eight months later, I opened this little store in this, in this back alley basement of this old building in Mount Vernon um, with my apothecary products. And I was still working full time for my dad's construction business, running his business um, and doing this kind of part time. And I started with just weekend hours and, you know, a handful of tarot decks, a handful of this, a handful of that. And I really thought when I first opened the store that I would be an aromatherapist. I was getting ready to sign up for full classes and all of that jazz. Um, and then I, I decided to bring herbs into my store. And as soon as the herbs were on the wall, 
lined up in these beautiful jars. It was like, like the fairies from the fairy kingdom flew out of these jars and all of these plant fairies are around me. And they just sang to my heart in a way that I cannot even describe to you. And I knew at that moment that herbalism was going to be the thing that I really dove headfirst into. And I did. And I took um, correspondence classes with Rosemary Gladstar. So those of you who are familiar with the herb world, she's kind of a, a little bit of a rock star in and of herself um, for, for herbalism. So I took those classes and then started blending teas together. And a couple of my very good customers kept coming in and every week they would buy the same bag of tea. And I thought, well, why don't I just, why don't I just make some recipes of tea and put them on the shelf and see how they do. And so I did. And every single week they sold out. And so I was continually having to make these teas and then people would come in and they were like, Oh, can you make a tea for my, this, I like these flavors and these are the actions that I need. And so I started doing custom teas on the fly for people as they came in. And when I um, opened up this the shop in this back alley that you couldn't really see from Main Street and Mount Vernon, I thought, well, how am I gonna how am I gonna get people here? How do I how do I tell them that I exist back here in this back alley location? So then I started adding workshops, and in this little tiny space that was like, oh, Lauren, it might have been two hundred square feet, so small. We would set up in the center of this space four or five times a week and have classes about everything. We made herb sachets, we made face masks, we made essential oil products, um, magic makers from around the community started coming in and doing tarot workshops and magic workshops and all of this jazz. And it just literally took on a life of its own and continued to grow. And all I had to do was hold the space. I mean, that's kind of simplified. I still had to work my ass off because I'm working a full-time job 80 hours a week, plus all of this time at the apothecary. But the apothecary became my passion, and so it didn't feel like work, and I, I really was never tired, um, which also kind of speaks to that Aries sun and that Aries fire. When we when we step off the cliff, kind of with that fool's tarot card attitude of let's just see what happens and things start to go well, um, I just you just really never you never slow down. And that's what happened. So we were in this back alley space for a couple of years and the storefront that I'm in now on main street became available. And I thought, Oh my God, wouldn't it be beautiful to have that be our space. And I started to picture it in my mind and I, I never made the call to the realtor number in the window because I thought, Oh, there's no way I can afford it. I still have to do my main job, all of this jazz. And then one day I just picked up the phone and I called her. So I'm like, you never know. You know, I have no idea what this space is going to rent for. So I talked to her a little bit, visited the space, and had to have a really um, intense conversation with my dad because I was still running his business at this point and talked to him about, about the apothecary from a business perspective and laid out the numbers and, and looked at it. And I said, you know, I said, dad, I really think that I think that I can make this my, my thing. I think I can really step into this. And if I do it full time, literally the sky's the limit. And so I started to back away a little bit from the roofing company, doing a little bit more of just their paperwork, less um, on the job and, and running projects and things like that, and stepped into this beautiful space on Main Street. So, so a cool thing about the apothecary community. So the old store and the new store are literally 500 feet apart. I measured it. 
And so <laughs> when we were deciding to move, I was like, I, I'd like, I, my heart cannot handle moving trucks and all of this just like pollution and shit entering to the air where we're literally 500 feet apart. How are we going to do this? And so we structured like the fire brigade line and I just put out this invitation and invited people to come to Mount Vernon on a specific day. I think it was in December. I mean, there could have been a blizzard. Who knows what could have happened? I put this out there on Facebook and thought, let's just do it. Talked to my partner about it. And he was very, he was very pessimistic. And so unbeknownst to me, my partner and his friends kind of gathered themselves together and they were waiting <laughs> kind of on the sidelines with trucks and lots of lots of brawn and muscle to help me move if things didn't go well and no one showed up. But what happened on the day that we moved is that over 75 people, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry about it again. Over 75 people lined the street from the old store to the new store and passed every single box, every single herb jar, all the way down. And we had it done in like like a half an hour. Everything was moved from the old space to the new space. And it was, it was really the first moment, Lauren, that I understood what the apothecary community meant. You know, you put something out there into the ether and you're like, hey, come help me do this. It'll be great. It'll be fun. And you don't know what to expect. And then all of these people show up. Channel 9 News from Cedar Rapids was there and they filmed the whole thing. And we made, you know, we made the nightly news. And so my grandparents saw it and my cousins and all of these people called me later and they were like, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Creating community is what I'm doing. Right. And so that was the moment where I really understood what that meant because all of these people came out for, for me and for the apothecary community because they love it, because they love the classes. They've made friends around the table. They have found this place that is accepting of you no matter where you're at in your journey as a mystic, no matter who you are as a human, no matter what, you are welcome to walk in the door. And that was the moment that I was like, okay, all right, it's go time. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what, let's see how high this can fly. And ever since then, I have not looked back. I, have, I quit my full-time job, um, started hiring people to help me. And the first couple of years, like literally just running to keep up with everything. Um, because I hadn't really learned how to delegate all of those things. And then, and then COVID happened and everything just shut down like it did for everybody, right? And so at the apothecary, we closed the doors um, in middle of March, 2020 to foot traffic. And we started doing only curbside and online ordering. And I thought to myself, okay, that's it. It's done. There's no way that this boat can stay afloat. And oh my God, was I wrong. <laughs> because all of these amazing community members continued to support me in every way that they could. And and I can't even tell you, like, I can't even put into words how thankful I am for every single person, you know, and as a business owner, you got to, you got to take a little further, every single sale, every single dollar spent, all of those things, they matter 
They matter so much, not just to me and my livelihood, but also to keeping this this vibrant community here for people to still gather together and, and take classes together and and engage in in readings when we're going to start doing those in person, poem readings, tarot readings, all of this kind of stuff, and really keeping this space open for the modern mystic to be able to explore who they are and who each of our us are together as this fabric that we that we create together. And so I'm really still kind of in awe uh, of what happened uh, to get me to this point. You know, tomorrow we start uh, five days a week again. We've been closed, you know, closed to foot traffic, then opened a little bit for the holidays and then closed a little bit. And now it's, it's time. It's time to step into that place. And so tomorrow... Uh, April 1st, we are going to go back to five days a week, Tuesdays through Saturdays, 10 to 4, and start slowly um, and safely putting people together in the same space for readings and things like that. And um, I have a lot of people who are asking me when we're going to start doing classes and things like that in person at the apothecary. And the answer is, I don't know. Um, I know someday that'll come back, but these online virtual events that we have are are providing this opportunity through technology to continue to grow this community of folks. Just like, you know, I had said with the number nerds, we've got people from across the country. I mean, even one time, a couple of my friends from Ireland and, and London joined us for, for virtual workshops. I mean, these folks are getting up in the middle of the night to be on a Zoom call with us. And so those are going to remain. I do not foresee a time in the future where we don't have those virtual spaces to gather together because because we can and because it still holds this it's like still this magical container of energy that we can create in this virtual space together um so that's where we're at that's how i got to this point i just literally did not have a plan walked through every door that opened and just kept moving forward which you know isn't that the spirit of the the aries pioneer energy <laughs> I, I think that this is going to be like my signature Aries interview. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, dear. But with all that air supporting you to connect and create community and to communicate the way that you do, I, I just love your enthusiasm, Andrew. That's why, that's why we're here talking right now. Um, so tell me more about Life Path 5 and this year, 2021, that is a five-year. Mm-hmm. So, so it's... I will tell you a little bit more about my experience of being a life path five. And the reason that I say that is because, you know, you're an astrologer and you know, um, and folks that are listening also know you're not just your sun sign. You're not just your moon sign. You're this, you're this conglomeration of all of these things. So a life path five. So this is, this is the freedom seeker. This is pushing boundaries. This is experiencing the five is also the number of humanity. So this is experiencing everything through taste, touch, sound, tactile things, learning like by doing things like that. I like to talk about number five is the number of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So this is pushing the limits of all of those things and experiencing all of those things. And every time you have that dish of duck confit, it is the best you've ever had. Like that kind of enthusiasm is what the five is all about. Um, and so <clears throat> the other thing that's really important too, just when we're talking about life path numbers is that life path isn't who we are. It's the lessons that we're here to learn and kind of how to master those things. So many times when folks come into the world with the life path five, they have to master their senses and not fall off the rails because a lot of people who have life path five can become addicted to whatever it is that they love. 
food, drugs, sex, alcohol, you know, any of anything that you can become addicted to. Um, and so there's that. But as a life path five with my Aries sun, my Gemini rising, my Libra moon, I just have this like push and desire to push every single boundary that exists and to see what happens on the other side of that. And that's pretty much how I've gone through life. Some people call me a spitfire. Some people call me a bulldozer, like all of these types of things, because, because other people will see uh, strong Aries energy and sometimes life path fives as folks who are totally selfish and have complete disregard for everybody else. I, I see that. I, I feel you when you say that, but it's so untrue. We are just so wrapped up in our own personal experience that we just have this gusto behind it that we just it, we just can't contain it and it just kind of vibrates out of us. Um, and so that's kind of been my experience as as the Life Path Five. And when I think about that in regards to being a business owner and doing all of these things and taking all of these steps, it has given me the opportunity to literally have no fear. I've had so many people over the years say, oh, wasn't it terrifying to, to start a business and to just, you know, step out there and see if it worked? And I literally, Lauren, never, ever, ever had a doubt in my mind that it wasn't going to work. I never had a shred of fear. I never had a shred of any of those things. It never entered my consciousness that that should be something I was feeling. And so I just kind of took this leap and entered into this space and just thought, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Let's see how it goes. Now, with that being said, not all of my ideas are good ideas, <laughs> but some of them really turn out well. And, and so that's kind of how I have utilized that energy. And a couple of those other things, too, when we're talking about from that, from a numerology perspective, my expression number is a 66. Now, for th folks out there who, who study numerology and who, who've learned about it a little bit, we, we talk about master numbers. You know, they're the double digit numbers, 11, 22, 33. And those three right there, 11, 22 and 33, are really the only ones that folks are talking about. They're not necessarily talking about 44, 55, 66, because those are a little bit rarer right now, just as 11, 22, and 33 used to be rare in previous generations. So what we're seeing from a numerology perspective is this like this evolutionary change in the consciousness collective of these master numbers that are coming in. And so I like to mention the 66 because it is the number about bringing people together, about creating space for others, having this container with which we can hold other people to explore who they are, those types of things. And then when we look at that 66 and we boil it down, we get that three. So this is the joy of life, communication, creativity. The three is really a lot like Gemini and that Gemini rising and like being able to talk to anybody about anything um, and kind of like keeping that going. And so those two numbers right there create this perfect opportunity for me to hold this space of the apothecary. And then when you enter in that personality number of nine, so from a numerology perspective, your personality is how other people see you. And I have a nine there, and so nine is the ultimate humanitarian. And I'm not saying that people see me as the ultimate humanitarian, but people who know me and people who see me know that I will give you anything you need. I will give you myself. I will give you my time. I will give you uh, tips, pointers. I will help you in directions. If I don't know an answer, I'll find out somebody who can. And so my numbers have pooled together and created this, this magic 
this platform for me to stand on and they fortify me. My astrology fortifies me. My numerology fortifies me in such a way that, that I can just keep moving forward fearlessly with zero doubt in my mind, even through, even through a pandemic, you know, at the very beginning, I thought, oh, now it's over and very quickly saw that it wasn't. And so I know that I know that I can keep moving forward and, and everything out there, the universe is going to catch me. All of these energies out there are going to catch me. Isn't that incredible? You're right where you need to be. Totally. I don't know a ton about numerology. I know that it's a thread within all of the other realms, right? Because it's one of the oldest forms of divination. What's something that some that people could start with to be interested in numerology? Like if they wanted to come to you, of course, but what's something they can start with? That's a really great question. So, of course, I would love to do readings for every single person listening to this podcast, (laughs) because that's how I learn about the world. I learn about the world through numbers and through the numerical vibrations of each individual person that comes to me and gets a reading. The beautiful thing that I have found continually, time and time again with my readings, is that numerology readings, much in the same way as astrology readings, can provide a self-care that we didn't know existed. And here's why. Because when somebody starts to learn about what their numbers are, they might learn about themselves in such a way where there might be this one thing that they've been trying to change about themselves their whole life. Let's say you find that you tend to want to be alone and you want and you need quiet time and you need to recharge. Maybe you have a lot of seven energy in your chart, but you've always tried to come out of that. You've always tried to be a little bit more extroverted and have friends. And it's always just left you feeling depleted, disconnected, and all of these things inside of your body. When you have a numerology reading and you see that that's actually who you are, you can take a step back from that and stop beating yourself up about the things that you've been trying to change about yourself and step into those places of who you are in a different way and accepting who you are in a different way. And Lauren, I've had an astrology reading from you before um, and also one from Ash Gravity, which you've done um, an interview with Ash before too. And through both of your readings, I learned things about myself that softened the sharp edges and numerology is exactly the same. But you learn about it through numbers instead of through planets and houses and things like that. And so for me, numerology is more approachable uh, because you can boil it down to a few things. So when I do numerology readings, we talk about your top five numbers. So your life path, which is your birth date, all added together and kind of reduced down. And this is the lessons that you're here to learn in this lifetime. So for me, I have to learn about being a human. I have a life path five, so I have to learn how to manage that. Um, And we talk about your expression number, which is kind of like the tools that are in your tool belts that you're here, that they're all with you and here um, for you to learn this lesson. We talk about your motivation number. Now, from a uh, from a numerology perspective, sometimes the motivation number can be called the heart the heart number, the soul's urge. Um, there's a couple of different terms, which makes it a little bit confusing. But the motivation number is like your drive behind everything that you do. What is the reason for all of these choices that you make? We also talk about your personality number. This is like like your rising sign in astrology and how people see you. And we talk about your contact number, your birth date. So those are the five numbers that we focus on when you get a reading with me. We talk about each of those numbers individually, and then I blend them all together and present them to you in a tidy little package, a couple of sentences about who you are from a numerical perspective. And this this is the moment in most of my readings where people are just like, oh, wow. 
that is absolutely who I am. And so many times and through the numerology readings, people have this moment where they're really being seen, maybe even for the first time, um, about who they are deep, deep, deep in their core. So, so while we talk about those first top five numbers, Throughout the readings that I offer, we also pull in some other really important ones. Many numerologists don't put enough emphasis and focus on your key. And the key is the total vibration of your first name. And I find that time and time again throughout readings, if you know what your key is and you can flow in harmony with that number alone, everything else starts to open up. So let's take me for an example. I have a key of seven. Seven is the number of the philosopher, the analyzer, the, the quiet, con contemplative person who likes to have a lot of alone recharging time. Well, just through the time that we've been talking here together, I don't really seem like that. I'm very outgoing. I'm very extroverted. I'm very um, kind of in your face, a lot of energy all the time. And that's totally true because of my life path five, because of my expression number three. But the key for me is seven. So when I'm at home, my house is quiet. Uh, there's not a lot of noise that happens here. There's not a lot of activity that happens here. My partner and I very much function kind of in our own zones of the house. And so I have my space and he has his space. And we and we intrude on each, each other's space very rarely because that's just how we flow together. And if I didn't have that time, that key of seven to slowly recharge at home, I wouldn't be able to express those numbers um, as effortlessly and have them flow harmoniously as I do. So that's why it's one of the most important numbers. So some of the other sub vibrations that we talk about in readings are your balance number, your subconscious self number, your rational thought number, your maturity number. We touch on the planes of expression throughout, like what your physical expression, your emotional expression, your mental, your intuitive. Uh, we talk about your personal year. We talk about the essences. I mean, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, Lauren, through providing astrology readings, like once you open the floodgate, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's an entire rabbit hole that you can dive down. Um, so we spend when I do readings, I do them all over Zoom right now, and it's usually about an hour and a half to two hours. Once we get to the two-hour mark, mark the the person I'm doing the reading for is kind of hitting that wall of <laughs> of a little bit too much Andrea and a little bit too much numbers. <laughs> so we kind of kind of call it at that point. <laughs> the eyes glazing over. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean numerology, like you said, it seems really accessible. Where often I'm using metaphors and language and archetypes uh, to communicate, you know, all these different layers of self. And so we can see how um, dynamic that we all are. So I, I love how you just described that. What, what got you started? Was there a certain book that you carry at the store that you would find it to be a good reference manual for people interested in numerology? Um, yes, 100%. Uh, but that's not how I got started. I got started because my teacher, Valerie Stillwell, uh, taught a numerology class in the old, old space, the first space that we had at the apothecary, and I was hooked immediately. And so um, after that first individual class, or after that first group class that we had, I started going to Valerie's house. My friend Kate and I started going to Valerie's house. Uh, I don't know, maybe once a month we went to Valerie's and, and we'd sit for two and a half hours and she would just teach us. So I had this personal instruction time and Valerie has been studying numerology for like 50 years. And so it's just this, this deep well of knowledge um, 
that we would just be steeped in for hours at a time. And then throughout the years, we just set up these times together to talk. And Valor, every time Valerie would come across a book in her library, she's like, oh, you need this one. Oh, you need this one. Oh, you need that one. Um, and so the the three the two numerologists that I've studied the most are Matthew Oliver Goodwin and Michelle Buchanan. Um, Matthew Oliver Goodwin is unfortunately no longer with us, but Michelle Buchanan is, and so her book, um, the Numerology Guidebook, is one that I have at the shop. I probably have seven numerology books on the shelves at the shop all the time, because of course <laughs> I'm so excited about it. I want other people to to want to be excited about it too. So I've got all of these options there, um, but but the numer Numerology guidebook is probably the, the easiest um, just to pick up and just have as a reference. You know, you don't even necessarily need to dive in and say, I'm going to become a numerologist. Uh, but the way Michelle has structured her book, like there have been a few, few people who have been like, oh, Andrea, you should write a book. I'm like, actually, if I wrote a book, it would be exactly like Michelle Buchanan's. So you should just buy this one <laughs> because it's so well structured. So that'd be the one I'd recommend. That's good advice. Um, so I did mention that 2021 is a, is a five year. Do you have mm -hmm. any thoughts about the energy of this year or of the season that you'd want to share? I have so many. And I think, um, what will make it even more, um, I don't know, easier to step into what that means is to go back and look at 2020. So when we go back and look at 2020, it was a four universal year. So this is all about, structure, hard work, things being really difficult, stubborn, like feeling like you hit a stumbling block every time you try to move forward, like that type of energy. So when we look at universal year numbers, they always go sequentially. So 2021 is going to be a five year. And so we enter into this space of, of progress. We enter into this space of personal freedom. We enter into this space of change. Unexpected change is definitely a key word when we can think about the number five. So we came out of this 2020 in this structure of the four, and you can think about the four energy much like you think about a square. Hard on the edges, contained, no room for growth or movement. This is what it is. And then when we open up into that five, everything becomes possible. We are able to step in a little bit more to our personal freedom, which we're starting to feel. You know, folks are getting vaccinated. Um, they're feeling more comfortable going out in public, still masked up, obviously. But, but like we're being able to start to feel that energy break up and move. And as we go through this year, my guess is, is that we'll feel that a little bit more. But the most important thing to know and remember about that universal five year is that unexpected changes will arise around every corner. And you can't really prepare for them. You just have to be prepared for the fact that unexpected changes will arise. And so that's kind of the energy that we're all in. So when we talk about that, we look at, you know, our own personal numerology. We're experiencing all those numbers. And then collectively, we're all going through this energy of the universal five together. And then when we boil that down even further, we're all going through a universal month vibration at the same time. And so last month, uh, well, today is the last month of that, but March was uh, the eight energy. And eight is dynamic. Eight is let's get shit done. Eight is the number of the CEO making the checklist, moving forward, da 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 da, da. Things are moving, things are shaking. And now we're going into that nine energy. And that nine is that 
more humanitarian. And so, I mean, I saw this to be evident just the other day. I was scrolling through Facebook and, and Instagram, and I'm seeing more things about how can we help other people? How can we help folks that have been out of jobs for so long? How can we get, you know, diapers to the diaper bank? That was an article I read in the paper the other day. And so stepping into that humanitarian aspect and looking like lifting our heads up a little bit and out of our own kind of hustle and bustle of that eight and seeing like, what do my neighbors need? What do people around me need? to be able to step into that nine energy. And the other thing about nine, as we move into April and we step into this nine energy is that nine is often about endings, things coming to completion. And sometimes that can be a little difficult. There can be a lot of drama involved in that because our emotions get tied up in things that are ending. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It doesn't have to be um, something that's catastrophic, but um, like, let's just talk about, you know, for folks who have been working for, from home, maybe now their employer is going to start calling people back. And so that, that aspect of that container of being able to work at home is going to be coming to an end and you'll have to head back into the workplace. And so that's an example of how things might be coming to an end. But the beautiful thing about that is that when we have endings, in the very next breath, we have beginnings. And so this universal nine month that we're stepping into for April gives us this opportunity to kind of button things up to let go of things that no longer serve us. And that's a phrase that we as modern mystics use a lot. And I have a, a monthly newsletter that goes out called the Community Thread. And every month I do a little numerology blurb about um, the universal month that we're in. And I talked a little bit about that phrase of letting go of what no longer serves you. And what does that mean? How do we step into that, you know? So this universal month, nine month gives us this opportunity to really take stock What's been happening for me this last X amount of time? What doesn't feel like it fits anymore? What, what ways of thinking, what modes of, what, what habits do I have that are ready to come to an end? What relationships no longer serve me? And that's a theme that's kind of been kind of going during this time of COVID where I've listened to folks talk about, you know, I thought that person was my friend and I know I no longer hear from them, I no longer see them and kind of like letting go of those types of relationships. These are some of the things that might happen in a universal nine month. Um, so then all of these things come to an end. And what happens next? We have a one month and we get to step into that energy of the one, which is very, very much like the Aries energy and that pioneer and just stepping out and taking chances. And, and so that's what's coming for us next month. Ah, well, thank you so much for that report. I, I just find this fascinating. And this is why it's important to connect with other people because they're full of stuff that you don't know about. <laughs> And it, it really much, it resonates so much with the, with the astrological energy, you know, last year's all the, all the Capricorn stellium, this one, the Uranus Saturn uh, squares that are going to be continuing throughout the year, along with the Pluto retrograde. I mean, these, these are very thematic, but also um, I, I feel like I can hold them in my hand. I feel like that's something I can work with that energy. So thank you for that advice about what's, what's to come, you know, what the shifts from March to April, April to May are going to bring for us. Absolutely. And you're, you're absolutely right as well, that these things are very intertwined with the um, astrological forecasts that we see too. So that's the cool, that's the cool beauty of it, that it's all really, it's just, you use the language of astrology and I use the language of numerology and yet they're still saying the same thing. Isn't that beautiful?
And a big thanks to Andrea Gorsh of K-Apothecary for joining me for this week's episode of the Inspired Astrology Podcast. This is Lauren K. Hickman. Thank you for joining me today. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren K. Hickman. You can sign up for the Moon Mailer, uh, getting the moon postings, moon musings sent directly to your inbox so you don't have to chase me down on social media. We all have to have some detox moments, of course. Um, I hope that you're taking really sacred, beautiful care of yourself because you matter. And I hope that you find a way to stay inspired during these strange times. Spring is here. It's... It's going to be different. (laughs) Always is.